December 25th, 2022. We're continuing in Mesilat Yesharim. We're in the middle of Periktet. Periktet is the last chapter that deals with Zirizut. What page? 150. 150. That's right. So the paragraph that starts with Od Mimafsideha Zirizut. We're dealing with the uh, deterrence, the things that take you away from proper Zirizut. Zirizut we defined as the other side of the coin to Zihirut. Zihirut was the abstaining, the distance that you have before encountering sin. And Zirizut is the excitement, the passion, the alacrity that a person needs to have in order to perform a mitzvah ta'aseh. What he described in the first paragraph or two over here, Ramchal, was that uh, with regards to Zirizut, a person's natural innate laziness. We are people who are made of flesh and uh, of blood and physicality, and as a result, the status quo of human beings would be to just lay dormant. As a result, that's the first mafsid of zirizut. It's the fact that in our natural state of being, we don't want to be moving. We're not natural movers, and in turn, we'd rather be lazy than actually exert ourselves. He continues, however, we began reading this paragraph last week, Od mi mafsideha zirizut rov ha-pahad ve-godel ha-mora min ha-zeman Furthermore, there's this irrational fear and, um, and being afraid of, of anything and everything that might come your way. Which means to say you'd rather stay put instead of engaging in what seems to be threatening and scary and the unknown. Sometimes it'll be too cold outside, other times too hot, sometimes it'll be dangerous in some way or another, maybe you'll get sick or you're nervous about the wind. Again, as we mentioned last week, as he, as Misilati Sharim very clearly will make, make a, a certain to us, is that we're not talking about rational fears. We'll talk about rational fears. Those are appropriate. Of course, every person should be safe and should uh, make certain that they keep themselves healthy and so forth. He's very clear about that. He's talking over here, and he'll make clear to us that that's what he's referring to, the irrational fears which we, to a certain extent, have ingrained within ourselves in order to avoid. It begins, as he'll tell us, with atzlut, with laziness, and in turn we rationalize it in a wrongful way by saying, it's because I'm nervous about X, Y, or Z. Pasukim Mishle describes a person who foolishly says, it's dangerous outside, there are lions that are lurking. I'm nervous about uh, just going outside to do what I need to do. Uh, it's nonsense to say that lions are lurking outside in a public area. And he says, and similarly, the Hachamim in Zohar have a, have a, a, a low-level statement, El hahataim. It's along the lines of sinning, but I'm not sinning. I'm just staying put. It's shevat taaseh umikram esayyam. In fact, there's a pasuk in Sefer Yeshaya that seems to support that notion. Dichtiv pahadu b'sion hataim ahazare ada hanefim. The sinners are those who have this fear. The re'ada, the trembling, similarly, is the hanefim, is the people who are sinning as well, who are acting wrongfully. And along those lines, the Gemara and Berachot that he cites has one of the rabbis saying to his student who's nervous about involvement, 
Zero sinner. El alzene emar betahba Hashem ba'asetov shechon eretz ure emunah. It's about this that we turn to this concept and stands to a certain extent at the center of our engagement with Borei Olam, bitachon and emunah. Now again, he's not, although he hasn't distinguished for us, Mesilat Yesharim, but he's not encouraging blind faith or um, irrational emunah. He's just leading us along the line of realizing that oftentimes we're overwhelming, overwhelming ourselves with fears that are irrational to the extent that we say we can't do what we're supposed to be doing. Those are perhaps the most fundamental words over here. You should distance yourself from the resting and a static stationary state in life and closer and, and bringing yourself closer to milacha and amelut to hard work, to arduous activity, and in turn, while steadfast on this mission and path, uh, fear should uh, subside, fear should fall away. Maybe you'll ask, We alternatively find, uh, not only common sense, quote-unquote, but we have the hachamim, the hachamim tell us that you need to distance yourself from sakana, from dangerous circumstances and activities, involvements. Even if a person is righteous, even if a person is filled with good deeds, it's in truth, we can in some way attribute much to what takes place as in the hands of heaven. Chutz, say the rabbis, except for uh, getting cold or getting overly heated. In other words, sicknesses. Uh, well, that being the case, uh, leaving the statement aside exactly what it means, at the very least, what we do see is sinimu pahim, dangerous involvement, getting yourself sick, is in your hand. Uh, so how can I be arguing, says Mesilat Yisharim out loud, that you should be looking to distance yourself from the wrongful thought of fear, of cautiousness, from sickness and from ailments. What do you mean? We're not supposed to be doing so. We're supposed to be engaged in keeping ourselves healthy and distancing ourselves indeed from getting sick and uh, put in dangerous situations. And likewise, the hachamim adoresh the pasuk v'nishmartem me'od le'nafshotechem. You're supposed to have shemirat ha'nefesh. That's the... Uh, that is the, the emblem of, of, of doctors. But furthermore, keep yourself healthy. It's clear you're not supposed to uh, all in on bitachon. You're not supposed to be uh, fully engaged in I'll just depend upon without having my own rational mind system a determining form. Furthermore, says, even in the context of a mitzvah, you're supposed to be safe. Even in the circumstance of doing right, you're supposed to be cautious. So how could I be telling you that the mafsid, that the deterrent, that the way that you're going to be taken away from zirizut is because you're overly cautious? You are supposed to be cautious. Da ki yesh yesh Says Mesilat Yisharim, there's a fear, and then there's a fear. Yesh yesh shota. There's fear which is appropriate, which is uh, praiseworthy, and then there's a fear which is foolish. 
Yesh bitachon v'yesh holelut. There's the concept of having bitachon, of, of leaning upon HaKadosh Baruch Hu in circumstances and life situations. But then there's holelut, and then there's silliness. It's nonsense uh, to be acting that way in this situation. Ki neha adon baruchu asata adam ba'al sechil nachon usfara nechocha. God created us with a straight mind and an um, um, intellectual capacity which gives us the ability to discern. Uh, we were given this capacity, we were given these utensils, our mind, our logic, our ability to think properly, to distance ourselves from the dangerous circumstances of life. When he mentioned craziness, silliness, letting yourself loose, that's a person who's not acting with intellect. That's a person who's being mafkirit atzmo. He's giving up his himself. He's opening himself to all sorts of dangers of life. That person, in turn, is sinning. He's violating the mandate of the Torah is not just to depend upon God and, by extension, to give up on any of our own efforts. It's rather It's rather one in which we're supposed to be driving ourselves to appropriately engage in protecting ourselves. This is beyond the physical danger that you're opening yourself up to. You're furthermore bringing yourself to danger by violating the word of God. That's significant. But first and foremost, just, uh, just, just to realize. So we have this book called Sefer Shemot. And Sefer Shemot, of course, leads us through Yitziat Misraim and then begins us in the desert. That is the book that has a national encounter with Borei Olam. It's the first time you have a nation actually find the true God. Ironically, or maybe not, maybe not so much so, it's also the book that describes human involvement. It's a people who are redeemed by God, but who are also playing a very critical role. It's not all in the hands of God. It's furthermore in the hands of Moshe. It's at the hands of the people. They're being guided, but they too are acting. There's already the first reference in the Torah to Anochi Adonai is preceded by a national revolution. It's a national revolution, which of course is coupled with the hand of God. That's very significant. That means the Torah is not singularly focusing us on God, although it is as well, but it's an as well. It has us focused on our role in it as well. God turns to Moshe and tells him to raise the staff, to hold up his hand, so people see his hand. Of course, they're going to realize and understand God's role in it. 
but there needs to be, and it's throughout the Torah is strengthening us in this. It's not a singular uh, vision and, and a monistic uh, direction with regards to, uh, I'm, I'm only going to lean on God. There has to be, and we are purposed to be uh, players in this in this mission as well. But furthermore, Mesilati Sharim over here has this statement. He says that not only will you bring yourself into that physical uh, danger by, uh, by abstaining from of being cautious, he says, you're furthermore violating the word of God. And says, the sin in turn will lead you to punishment. He's probably referring to something along the lines of that Gemara and Masechet Berachot and Daf Nunhe, the Gemara and Masechet Roshana, maybe on Daf Yotzain, Daf Tetzain. The Gemara over there talks about different circumstances which are mazkirin. They open up to a certain extent the book of a person, which means to say, for example, the one I'm referring to is a kirnatui. The Gemara says kirnatui means a leaning wall. It's a wall that's rickety. If a person foolishly walks underneath a wall or uh, some sort of structure which is not sturdy, uh, then in turn, the way Rashi interprets the Gemara, Kivyachol HaKadosh Baruch Hu opens up your book of merits and determines, were you, are you, uh, appropriately situated for a miracle in this situation? Which means to say, not only are you putting yourself independently into a dangerous situation, but you're furthermore provoking, so to speak, some sort of beyond natural circumstances. That's, I think, what he's referring to. He says, you're sinning by wrongfully doing the sin itself is bringing you to a punishment. Again, there's a natural consequence, but there's furthermore the Kiranatui situation. There's the opening of that book. Are you really uh, appropriately uh, um, um, built for this situation to act in such a way? It says the fear. Again, fear from life, which is built on ration, rational thought, which is thought on, built on intellectual, appropriate involvement and thoughtfulness in this world. Arum, a person who's sly, a person who's wise, wise sees the ra'a, sees that wickedness, sees the the danger, vinistar, and in turn they. They cloister themselves, they hide themselves. Uftaim, the silly ones, Averu, they just walk through. Vine'enashu, listen again to the words. It's about sight of it. He's going to be in just a moment, Mesilat Yesharim, Midayek in those words. He says the words are that the wise person sees the bad that's in his way. If it's not a sight of it, it's rather some sort of imagination, some sort of internal machination that a person created for themselves. There might be a fear, that's the irrational fear. The fact that the Pasuk in Mishle talks about seeing it and then hiding yourself. Well, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the Yirah HaRe'uyah. In alternatively, the, the foolish yira, the foolish um, anxiety about uh, about what could befall a person. It's a person who irrationally has more and more safeguarding that they build for themselves, more and more fears, irrational anxiety. 
ועושה משמרת למשמרתו באופן שיגיע מזה ביטול לתורה ולעבודה, which in turn bring a person to ביטול doing away with תורה ועבודה because they're so fearful. In truth, again, this is not a call against גזירות of חכמים. It's not a call against our fear of the dangers that can befall a person, but it is a call to be careful about the way that we do it. There has to be a mindful way through life. It's nothing that we don't already know, but oftentimes get misled into thinking, the more gizerot that I'll build for myself, both in terms of my fear of the, uh, of the outside world, but furthermore, with regards to falling uh, to my laziness and anything else, could be in turn detrimental if not done behokmah. In the eyes of the hachamim, the first gezerah that was erected by human beings was the bringing, the downfall to the first sin. It was none other than the way Rashi explains in his commentary to the Torah, that Adam and Havad determined if we're not supposed to eat from Eitz Hadat, we furthermore shouldn't touch it. And as a result, that gezerah, which they construct for themselves, which they erect for themselves, the nahash, as the Midrash has, it pushes hava onto the tree, touching it and realizing, but I haven't died by touching this tree. Now that's being misled by their own gezerah. Now that's not to say that gezerot are bad, but it is to say that gezerot, if not properly formulated, if pro- not properly placed, if not appropriately interpreted, they could be dangerous. It's just along the lines of this description, not the same. This description is one where a person irrationally is building those gezerot. I couldn't and wouldn't say that gezerah was irrational per se, but I would say if it's not built appropriately, if a person isn't in the appropriate way envisioning and understanding why is it that I'm fearing, what is it that I'm fearing, how is it that I'm deciding to accept this action or to abstain from that one, that could be the call for, for downfall to, for, for many people. He says the way, and again, this will be each person, each person will have to determine this by, by their circumstance. So how do you determine between the the fear which is rational, the caution which is called for, and the one which is shota, which is foolish and uncalled for. It says the Gemara, he likens it to the Gemara in Pesachim and Dafhet. The Gemara over there is talking about the concept of Shiluchim Mitzvah Inan Mizokin, which means to say if people are involved, engaged in the Mitzvah, no harm will uh, befall them. Uh, now that in turn, says the Gemara, is that really so? Don't we know situations where people have been harmed? who have been uh, put in dangerous and, uh, situations and fell to the danger through and even with engagement with the mitzvah. So as the Gemara, you have to distinguish between bari hezekah and not bari hezekah. Bari hezekah means it's prone to danger. If it's a prone to dangerous situation, even with involvement in the mitzvah, you're not going to be saved per se. If it's lobari hezekah, if it's all matters being equal, we imagine this is a natural circumstance, you're involved with, you're tapped into truth and reality in the realist, in the, mo- in the greatest sense. Over there we say, okay, shalohai mitzvah inan nizokin. Why is Mesilat Yesharim invoking these words? The reason he's doing so is because he's describing that as the distinction, the difference between yirah reuya and yirah she'ena If a person is irrationally determining that this mind, God, they're so far off, they're so beyond the regular. If it's lobari hezekah, there's nothing to be worried about, assuming you are 
more steadfast on the proper path. That's the Shiluhai Mitzvah and Nizokin vision. If alternatively it's Bari Hezekah, if alternatively, well, there's, there's, there's a fire in the house, you're trying to perform a mitzvah, but there's an actual fire, but I'm doing a mitzvah, that's Bari Hezekah. That's what we call. Well, what they do with like the Elisha Ben Abuya story, like standard, he's climbing the tree to get the Shulach Hakan, listening to his father, doing, there's no other way to do that mitzvah besides like, going up the tree. And he's falling and dying. It's it, a simple story with not, no one would say that that's extreme, like a kid climbing a tree. You'd have to determine how rickety was the tree, how difficult was the circumstance. I mean, it clearly was, that's why he left, right? He left because it was such because an Because of his determination, situation. because of his understanding of it. I don't know. It's difficult, it's a statement of the Chachamim, but he's using it more than anything, not for that statement per se, but for a proper understanding of how you envision what dangers, tr- what true dangers are, uh, as opposed to otherwise. He's not engaging in that conversation. He's using in Masechet Hulin, something bad, something difficult, something wrong, which you can't see. We don't assume, which means to say it's when it's the sight of it, when it's present in a real way. When it's something that is imminent, that's when we determine that it's a yirahareuyah. And likewise, a person's eyes are what determine. Again, we have this in the context of halacha, certainly. You have the concept of, for example, um, if, if there's a blemish on your etrog, but it's not visible to the naked eye. If there's, uh, once upon a time when they were talking about the water having bugs in it, if there are some organisms that are live in it, but they're not visible to the naked eye. If your tefillin are not a perfect square according to with a magnifying glass or a microscope or an absolute measurement in each of those and many other circumstances we say we say we say that you're supposed to determine it based on the best of your capability based on the way a natural and and and, and regular person would do so without extra instruments okay he's applying it again is to our context is appropriate if it's mashi'inav ro'ot. If it's uh, objective fear over here that this is a dangerous situation, that that is unsafe, so don't jump into it. Don't assume because you're steadfast on doing the right thing that God will save you through this. Alternatively, if it's irrational, if it is a matter which is not seen, but you can imagine it, you can conjure it up in the depths of your imagination that this might be a dangerous situation. That's what he's calling yirashota. That's what I told you was going to be the diuk from this pasuk. Arum ra'a ra'a v'nistar. The pasuk says the, the sly, the wise one saw the bad and in turn hid himself. The vision in the pasuk is the critical line. It's that you see it and you in turn hide yourself. Not for a matter which there is potential. It might be far off. That's what we call lo bari hezekah. And that's along the same lines of the atzil, the, the person who's lazy, says 
there are lions out in the street. That's the vision of uh, the, of nonsense. That's Yerashota. Hazal Pershuainyan Kamin Homilaharot Adhechan Magat Yerata Hevil, Lafrisha Damina Maaseha Tova Amirus, Hachamim likewise of uh, describe how much atzlut, how much uh, this mafsid hazirizut, the laziness that a person uh, brings upon or, or, or taps into in their inner core in order to bring them away from doing the right, uh, stepping onto the right path in life. Amru They mentioned Shalomo uh, talking about seven matters by a lazy person. For example, if you say that, your, your master, your rabbi, your, your mentor is in the city. Go study Torah. He'll respond, I'm nervous about the lion that's on the way into the city or in the city. Your rabbi is closer. It's not as long a distance. He says, still, even more silly statement. I'm nervous he'll be on the side streets or the public streets. What if they even say, he's in your home already? Uh, why aren't you going to study with him? Why not go learn, glean from his wisdom? I'm nervous. If I go to find him, the door is going to be locked. It's going to be a waste of my time. This is the association, the affiliation between atzlut and yir'ah between that laziness and that fear is not one in which the true fear brings to laziness, but rather laziness brings to that fear. And what he means by that is that the fear is an irrational one. It's an irrational one which is brought out by you, by us, in circumstances where, uh, because of our laziness, we've now covered up our true self by making something up. We've determined the rabbi's in the home, but I can't go study with him because the door might be locked. That's not a true fear. That's nonsensical. The only reason you're saying that is because you don't want to get out of bed, because you don't want to get up and go find and deal with it. Says all these sorts of matters. Says just be honest with your own life. The constant day-to-day nisayon uh, um, life uh, experiences. This is just the way of life for many people. Masilat Yesharim told us in his Hakdama, he's not going to be speaking matters which are beyond the purview of natural life and things that we don't already know, but nonetheless bear mention to remind us of the same realities that we exist with and listen to and realize, but then forget easily. Says, I think I've appropriately dealt with this matter, but if you're a wise one, you'll continue on your own with regards to deriving messages. He says, perhaps this is, in his mind, the reason that Zirizut will follow Zihirut. Because generally speaking, this is not uh, under all circumstances, very often you'll need to start with a certain Zihirut. A person starts by distancing themselves from inappropriate activities, wrongful situations, 
כי מי שלא ישים ליבו להיזהר במעשיו ולהתבונן בעבודה משפטיה, שזוהי מידת הזהירות, כמו שכתבתי, קשה שילבש אהבה וחמדה אליה ויזדרב בתשוקה לפני בורו. If a person isn't abstained already from uh, their own drives, from their inner urges, from the hedonistic pleasures of, of life. If a person is not able to curtail their appetite in that respect, well then how are you going to assume that they'll in turn be driven to a different ahava? The person needs to first remove themselves through what we oftentimes call yir'ah, the mitzvot lo ta'aseh, the ability to tap into a life of abstaining from my own self, of seeing myself, because after all, that is to a large extent what Ahava is about. Ahava, which he's associating directly, for good reason, with mitzvot aseh. Ramban Nachmani does this in his commentary to the Torah as well. He says, mitzvot aseh are the ahava of existence. Mitzvot lo ta'aseh are the yir'ah. The love is through the uh, extending yourself to another, the giving to another, the realizing the other in your life. That oftentimes comes, if not always comes, by first realizing that I'm not the center of attraction. If I'm not the center of reality, and I've done so to realize that through zehirut, I've abstained from going after that which I want, well then how am I going to, before doing so, while I'm just noticing myself, in turn look to another, look to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in order to establish a relationship with him, in order to have that zehirut. Zehirut, he says, in turn, needs to precede the zehirut. Ki hineh if a person is focused on themselves and themselves alone, they can't in turn be thinking about God. However, if a person achieved zehirut, if a person turned away from themselves, opened their eyes, to others, to another. It's in turn a lot easier to direct your attention to another in Zirizut, to Ahavat Hashem, to turning to Him in that alacrity to perform His mitzvot. In, in, in short, what we've developed over the course of the last several pirakim is this midav zirizut. We began with a concept, and I want to conclude it again with, of maharal and of other Jewish thinkers, and that is that zirizut is not nearly, is not merely, rather, uh, just a midah that a person acquires that you place on top of action, but it's something that's integral to avodat Hashem. It's something uh, fundamental to Torah and mitzvot. And the way Maharal, for example, articulates it in several places, in Nitiv HaTorah and, 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 and in his Nitivot Olam and several other circumstances, Maharal suggests that mitzvot and Torah are to be envisioned as lima'ala min hazeman. When we envision the ways of God, when we envision the reality of divinity in this world, we imagine it beyond the, uh, the, 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 the physical and, and confined by time existence in this world. In turn, as I'm achieving zirizut with regards to the mitzvot, as I'm chasing a mitzvah, which is a divine mandate from God, I too need to manifest it. I need to perform it in a way in which I'm rising above time. I have that alacrity. I have that speed and that swiftness to perform it. If I'm stuck in time in the physical existence of life, well, then I'm defying the nature of what I'm involved in. By definition, this is a godly activity. This is a godly word. These are godly thoughts. If I'm stuck in time, 
I'm contradicting myself. I'm turning the mitzvah, I'm associating Torah with something that has to do with this world instead of realizing I can rise above time. It's for that reason I would suggest the Gemara in Berachot and Davchet has this statement, this funny statement of Rabbi Yohanan. It says Rabbi Yohanan wondered for a long time, how is it that in Bavil there's Sabeh, there are old men? How can people have long lives in Bavil? After all, the Pasuk says, The Pasuk describes that you get long life in Kiryat Shema, in the Adama which God has given to us. That's a reference to Eris Yisrael. How could you be in Bavil and have a long life? Says Rabbi Yohanan, then he heard that in Bavil they wake up early, they wake up early and they leave life, they leave late from the Beit Knesset. And so, oh, that's, that's what's giving them the long life. Then it goes on to quote from Bioshua ben Levi, who taught his children, if you want to have Arichut Yamim, you should go early to the synagogue and leave late. What sort of statement is that? I mean, it's a nice statement, it's important to come early and to go leave late, but what does it have to do with long life? I wonder if that length of life, so to speak, beyond the natural span that we're set for, that is set forth for us, that's achieved through our own expansion of time. We realize we're going beyond the time. This is the regular time for the beginning. This is the normal time that a person would arrive. I'm going to rise. I'm going to. I'm going to transcend that. Turn your life is transcended. Your regular expectancy, the natural uh, outgrowth of life uh, in this world, is going to be one which is extended and uh, r- risen above the natural constraints of that. It's the Gemara Masechet Eruvin along the same lines in Masechet Eruvin and Daf Kaf Aleph the Gemara is Doresh Pasuk and Shir Hashirim Shehorot Ka'orev and the Gemara over there says, who is it that has knowledge of, so to speak, the secrets of Torah? It's a person, again, who comes early and leaves late from the Bet Midrash. What does it have to do with revelation and knowledge and memory of Torah, coming early and leaving late? Diligence is very important, but it's the same statement, I believe. It's the statement where the Hachamim are driving home to us that the transcending of time, when we put it in, I'm involved with a matter, and I'm making clear this matter is above time and space. This this is Torah, this is mitzvot, this is a matter which is divine, it's not human-like. As a result, the, the metaphysical transcension, the going above the regular physical expectancy, the lema'ala minateva, absorption of that Torah, well, that's short in coming. That's the statement there as well. It was as well, I should just conclude with this, one of the great merits of Rabbi Li'ezer, the Gemara Masechet Sukkand of Kavchet describes the many merits of Rabbi Li'ezer. Among them are he was the first in the Midrash every day and the latest out. He furthermore says he would never fall asleep in the Midrash. These are all realities which go above regular human time constraints and capacities. And the statement in turn of Maharal, the, what, what Ramhal to a large extent was driving home for us was just the method to getting there and the purpose of this pursuit. But to tr- truly internalize it means to appreciate what mitzvot and Torah are all about. To understand that we're not just merely involved in being quick and swift to this like we would to anything else. It's because it's Torah, it's specifically because I'm involved and engaged in mitzvot, matters which do, by definition, transcend time, that I too need to transcend the time in my zirizut, in my appreciation of them. Baruch Adonai